iron a living. This shark swallow you whole. I value my neck a lot more than 3,000 bucks, Chief. Find him for three, but I'll catch him and kill him for ten. Ten thousand dollars for me by myself. For that you get the head, the tail, the whole damn thing. You yell shark, we've got a panel on our hands on the 4th of July. Pulled a tooth the size of a shot glass out of the rectal of the boat out there, and it was the tooth of a great white. A what? You're gonna need a bigger boat. Love to prove that, wouldn't you? Get your name into the National Geographic. Now, I'm not saying that this is not the shark. It probably is, Martin. It probably is. It's a man-eater. It's extremely rare for these waters. But the fact is that the bite radius on this animal is different than the wounds on the victim. Jaws Obsession. Thank you very much for returning where we are here to share with you, prove to you, convince you, or remind you that Jaws is the greatest movie of all time. Happy St. Paddy's Day 2023. How about that? This is going out tonight on St. Patrick's Day. I'm wearing my Nako Nolan's t-shirt, Boston 1966 Quint Tour t-shirt, courtesy of Quint's Shark and Shack over at Etsy.com. You can follow the link in the description of this broadcast that you're listening on on whatever platform you're listening on. John Tedder over there has the has the first available uh, Book of Quint-inspired T-shirt over at Quint Shark and Shack at Etsy.com, the Nako Nolan's T-shirt. As the, the big announcement was, I was on a live stream last Friday, a week ago, a week ago tonight, over at Sean O'Rourke's channel over on YouTube. We streamed live over there for close to two hours. And we talked about a lot of different things, but one of the big reveals with big reveal was that the book of Quint is now in development from book to feature film with certain companies in the Los Angeles area. Currently you can find it on the internet movie database, imdb.com now lists the book of Quint as a project that's in development and the information is available at IMDb pro. So that's what that was exciting news and that super agent Bill Pettit of the William Pettit Agency. I have been tasked with writing the screenplay to the book of Quint to adapt the novel into the screenplay format. And that's what I'm doing right now. I'm taking a quick break, but I've been working for two weeks now on this and uh, every spare minute I'm down here. I downloaded the latest final draft as anyone that's listened to the show before that uh, screenwriting was what my, uh, what I used to what I started writing in were, was screenplays. It's all coming back to me in uh, in two weeks' time. I now just 
started page 91 of the screenplay. I'm on pace for 100 to turn 100 pages over to Agent Bill tomorrow. And uh, I think I'm on pace for 150 by next weekend. We'll see how that goes. But I got a little slowed down this week from the snowstorms that hit the uh, upstate New York area. So I had some extended hours at work, but that's not going to derail us too much. Some other big news that happened after the um, after the live stream last weekend, we had a run of books, and the Book of Quint is officially sold out. The Cracked Bean Coffee Roastery sold their last copy. Someone came into the coffee shop and bought two, the last two books right there on the counter. Uh, so there's some collectors are we're running around, and that was great to see after last week's live stream. Officially out of books, of course, we have some in reserve for the uh, higher-ups. We have books to send to them when the time is right. But now it's time to focus on getting the publisher and for getting that worldwide publication. So anyone that has not been able to get a copy of the Book of Quint, stand by. We will be getting a date to you, hopefully, eventually soon. That date will come out, and then we can all focus on that. But for now, I have to focus on converting this novel to screenplay format. Well underway, I'm on page 91, and that is going uh, that is going all right. The, the process of adapting the book to screen, there's things that you can do in a novel that you can't do in a movie, and there's things you can do in a movie that you can't do in a novel. Really what's going on is trying to translate how best to translate the story and the narrative uh, as it's presented in the Book of Quint into screen format but also keeping the essence of the book. So I am doing a full Peter Jackson treatment on the Book of Quint, trying to stay true to the book as much as possible. And I want to thank those that uh, allowed me to uh, get first shot at the first draft of the screenplay. I will not disappoint. And I will make sure that the fans are taken care of here because we want to see, we want to see Quint taken care of on the big screen. And that is, that is what will happen. In the meantime, I've been receiving wonderful gifts uh, from Jaws fans all around the world. Thank you very much for sending some of these things in. I want to thank Brian, who sent in uh, this metal sign, the Narragansett Lager, Honor the Man, Crush the Can, Crush It Like Quint Metal uh, sign here. What, how cool is that? There's Quint crushing the the uh, the Narragansett beer can. Um, that's going to go up on the Jaws wall. Thank you, Brian. That's a great gift and and uh, awesome. Thank you so much. I also want to thank Keith for sending me the Jaws collage picture, the uh, the canvas Jaws collage picture. That's also going up on the Jaws wall. It's great. We have Jaws obsession listeners sending in Jaws inspired props and gifts to uh, inspire us to keep pushing forward here on the Jaws Obsession. I want to thank you so much, Keith and Brian, as always. Also, I still want to go back and thank Noel Constantino. One of the things I noticed also on Etsy.com at FMC Built at his shop over there, he still has two Jaws Orca signs, the Orca serial, uh, the Orca registration number, the MS15LF registration number. So Noel only has two left over at the FMC built shop. I will include links to that as well in the description of this broadcast. And that registration number um, that's made to look like a piece of the Orca that's been pulled off the hall, that's actually from an antique, uh, That's that, those are made from antique pieces of lumber from an old fishing vessel. So that actually saw sea time right there. So that's great to see. This is really cool. This is, this is I never thought that we would be so far ahead in the game at this point in time that we not only have the novel, but it is also in development from book to screen. So 
With that, I urge everybody, if you haven't heard the live stream, Sean O'Rourke was gracious enough to allow me the audio for that entire live stream. And that's what I'm going to do here. I am going to, uh, we're going to transition over to the audio from the Sean O'Rourke YouTube show. You can either listen to the audio coming up, which is the entire interview. We talk about all sorts of topics. We go, uh, we do a deep dive into the book of Quint. Uh, there are no spoilers. We were able to handle the material really well without going into any spoilers. It's one of the more in-depth interviews that I did on the book of Quint for the content that's in the book, not just the process of the writing and all that. So that's exciting. So we're going to go into that. If you want to watch the live stream, I will include the link in this broadcast. It's over at YouTube at Sean O'Rourke show. After the interview, I will be back for some closing comments. Thank you very much. And without further ado, here is my appearance on the Sean O'Rourke show over at YouTube. We are back and we are live tonight in the spotlight. I've got Ryan Daco, and he is the author of the book, The Book of Quint. This is 399 pages of prequel to the original Jaws, written by Peter Benchley. And uh, Ryan, you had uh, the opportunity um, if in, in collaboration with uh, Benchley IP LLC. Yeah. They gave you permission to make this book. Uh, and we've got some big stuff we're going to talk about later, uh, on in this live stream, but we're going to talk about the book. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for having me on the show, Sean. Uh, before we start, I need to thank you and everybody, all the people may be tuning in from the Jaws Obsession, that you, uh, that unboxing video is what I'm calling the unboxing video heard around the world. Because without that unboxing video, that was where I believe that's going to be a defining moment when someone out there writes the Book of Quint log <laughs> and they want to document how this came about. That unboxing video is going to be a very uh, important, important part of the story because the, you could you could sense in one six and a half minute video you could sense the excitement the passion and the anticipation all at once and it's it's something that I've had in, and I just enjoy uh, meeting people and when they see the book of Quint for the first time the smile the smile is what it is it's that there's a fresh there's something fresh coming into the world in the Jaws universe and it's inspiring and um, it really makes my day so thank you so much for having me on the show but also for uh, that unboxing video, because wow, did you set off a firestorm with that? And you know, I did at that, un when I unboxed it, I didn't even read it at that point. And then I read it and I was like, <laughs> holy shit, what am go. I reading? Um, uh, Dale Smith says, hi, Ryan. Dale, uh, all right, uh, hi. So oh, he's, up, he's up late <laughs> over, in the, over in the UK. Oh, I, I thought he said he was going to catch that later. I think he hit me up on Twitter. Uh, Black Light, very exciting. He's on here, right. jumped on the stream. Uh, and, of course, uh, we've got our guy. Oh, thank there you, Jonathan. There's uh, the man, the John. technical advisor, the, the orca specialist, John the or Tedder. Orca specialist. By the way, before I get into this, I have my uh, Nako Nolan T-shirt on right now. John Tedder over at Quince Shark and Shack. Uh, Etsy.com. He has these. Um, this is the first rollout of Book of Quint gear. Like, can you believe it? We're at that point because that's that's the best part is about Jaws fans united. The Jaws fans 
are the most inventive and creative people. And um, I've watched for decades and, and years how people are making alternative movie posters for Jaws and they're making Jaws memorabilia. But now that we're having an expanded Jaws universe and now that we have the Book of Quint coming into fruition, wow, think of the possibilities. All that creativity now has a new venue to stretch out. And the, these uh, Nako Nolan t-shirts, St. Patty's Day, Boston, 1966. Get them yeah, all the I, I think I think what, what blows my mind is that <laughs> the the as you go through the book all right and you go chapter by chapter um uh and you you hear the titles of the chapters you immediately if you're a jaws fan understand the reference yeah. uh uh and you just and and expanding on things like you know it's literally every line that quint says in jaws literally has been expanded upon and given backstory and that yes. is mind-blowing that yes. you were able to pull that off um <laughs> but i i want to talk about like you 399 pages how long did it take you to write this book uh the book took uh just shy of 29 or 28 29 months if you go from all the way from the summer of 2020, then all the way out to that late October when I said I was going to, when I told Benchley IPLLC that, oh, that was my deadline that I had set up was uh, late October of 2022. So uh, that that was the, and then, um, so the, the writing was done in about uh, August, September, but then there was formatting and there's all the stuff that has to do when you do a publication of novels. And, um, and then I was, so I submitted, uh, when, when I walked it, when I walked it to, um, Ian Shaw in, uh, Toronto, Canada, after the, his, uh, play, the shark is broken. I gave that in November, uh, November 6, 2022 was that's when I considered that the writing was done. Of course, there's still going to have to be a polishing edit when the larger publisher takes hold of it, but sure. the writing, the, the, the harness, it was 14 months of research starting in the summer of 2020. I did not want to even touch, think about writing until I was in the stories, till I could submerge myself in the water with those men uh, on August 2nd, Thursday, August 2nd, 1945, the last day in the water with USS Indianapolis. And I was, uh, I read eight different books. I did research, but I was also watching Jaws over and over and over again to make sure that, that the my principle of writing this novel was i wanted to win the hearts of the fans first that's the point is that i wanted to show that the a lot of the inspirations to the story come from clues in the movie jaws absolutely and that yeah but, I, but I will say but you know don't sell yourself short because you know you were in the coast guard so you understand yeah. the water you understand the ocean you you are also a deep diver mm -hmm. a deep, deep sea diver, diver so water, yeah underwater welder i mean yeah. you understand things and articulate things in this book when it comes to the the, the sinking when it comes to uh electrical stuff uh, uh, uh power lines all sorts of things mm -hmm. that happen i mean even you know how things rust and how uh uh paint different colors of paint and like the yeah. detail in this book is just off the charts well thank uh, you and so it's not just the knowledge of jaws it's the knowledge of the ocean it's yes. the not uh, it's the knowledge of the, the i mean the deep dive that you do in all of these things to make it so rich and to create this world that we saw the world 
of Amity Island mm -hmm. in the film Jaws and in Peter Benchley's book. But what we didn't see was like literally everything else that got us to that point. And this book gets us there. Wow. Uh, and awesome. I, I remember when I read the prologue, my hair stood up on my arm. All right. That's uh, what I want. That's the reaction. I, I, it, listen, it did the same for me writing it. I, 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 I can't imagine writing it. It, it, uh, it, it must have been just like so much fun. We've got the UK. We've got, we've got, uh, we've got Spain. Well, Alex in Spain. Look at in that. Spain. We have, yeah. I'm, I'm <laughs> God, everyone stayed up, didn't they? Uh, Hayden Wheeler again. Uh, so That's awesome. That's great. I'm, I'm glad they could show up. These guys, I'm telling you, the, 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 the Jaws Obsession fans have followed over. They've, they've, these were all sponsors of the book. Many of them sponsored the book, waited months, months, because we launched the Indiegogo campaign in May. And then there they are. They, they never wavered. And they always believed that there was something more going on as they listened to every episode of the Jaws Obsession. And what, but what, and, 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 and the Jaws Obsession is your podcast. You have a podcast. You've got yep. a, you've got a YouTube channel. We're gonna have the links in the comment section below. Everyone go subscribe to it. If you're a Jaws fan, or if you're just into movies in general, and you want to hear deep analysis of something like Steven Spielberg's masterpiece of Jaws, this is definitely the podcast that you want to be on. Uh, so definitely hit that up. Mm -hmm. The other, yeah. the other thing is, um, my hair stood up when I read the prologue. Okay. And then it gets right into the meat of it. I mean, like the first 10 chapters are all right. The, the Indianapolis story. And again, the nuggets that are dropped uh, by Robert Shaw as Quint in Jaws just amplified. Yeah. Tenfold. And so as, so, so, so in the writing process, did you just say, okay, knock on Nolan's St. Patty's day, Boston. Like, do you, do you just say, okay, what the hell was that? And right. let me go figure out what that is. No. And, and then you go you know, like, okay, it was a bar. It was the, it was a, it was a man who had a bar. But so then well, you, then you can, and, but then you figured out how to narratively put that through the book. Yeah. And that, you know, the, the, oh, I mean, I, the thing is, it's like I it's so hard because I want to say things, but I you, know, you don't want to spoil it. Right? Yeah. The, you don't want to spoil it for the readers, <laughs> but you're just like, hold, I can't believe he did that. That's this is what I'm the whole time I'm reading, I'm just like, I can't believe he did that. Yeah. And then <laughs> much, much like wonderful what's uh what Peter Benchley's prologue in the original Jaws had the shark. It was from the shark's point of view, as the mm -hmm. shark was creeping throughout the the dark waters and blah 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 and yep. it talked all about the, the electro sensories the nerves yep. this feeling the salt water around the shark on the skin and Amazing as he cruised through yeah you were able to capture that as well during the in the telling of the indianapolis story from the point of view of the white tip sharks yeah. which people if you don't know the the north atlantic white tip oceanic uh, or oceanic white tip is the uh is just a a fierce predator. Yeah. Uh, 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 you know, I mean, they, they may not have the testosterone levels of the bull shark, but they are systematic. They know they, 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 they memorize, um, they I'm understand. Thinking, yeah. it's, the one, it's the one shark Jacques Rousteau said he would not trust, uh, is the, is the yeah. white tip. Yeah. He, he had a story. I wish I had the reference here, but he had a story where him and his cameraman were following one and they were filming it and it was very it was very uh calm 
and collected. So they, and it just took them a, away from the boat and then until it got far enough and then it turns on them and then it starts getting aggressive and probing. And they had to like really watch themselves, not turn their back on it to get back, but it knew it was leading them away. That's a, the, these, these are very smart, very smart sharks. And um, my experience with them was I would watch them and they would track our, when I was on the Coast Guard Cutter Polar Star and we were off of the island of Fiji. So we were coming back from Antarctica. So we hit Australia, then we're coming across uh, the French Polynesian islands. But uh, we stopped for scientific operations and we put the beam of light down in the water and there they are. They're just, they were in the shadow of their tracking art. They're waiting to see what the cooks throw over. They're waiting to see if anything falls over. So in many, in many cases, they're considered the deadliest shark in the world because they're, but they're not credited with deaths. When you hear that pilot crashed in the water and never found again, odds are they were taken by the oceanic white tip shark. A great white shark is just, uh, he's the media darling, right? So they, they, right, right. right? So they get all the, the press. But the oceanic white is very stealth, very velociraptor-like. Um, and that's what I wanted to portray is that this is, they've been trained and conditioned by humanity in the um, passing of cargo ships, Spanish galleons. These oceanic white tip sharks are the uh, kings of the requiem uh, area where, the, where they're, they're the requiem sharks. So they, there's no, um, the, the, the food is scarce out there. So when they find a, a shadow and they hear the engines, they, they know sounds. They'll track that. They'll track that uh, that vessel and wait. And, and 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 to hear how, you know, it became a buffet, a horrible, horrible, tragic buffet. Yeah. Uh, um, and and one of the things that struck me, which I didn't know, you know, I mean, you know about the Indianapolis story. You hear about these things. Mm -hmm. I wasn't a deep diver into the what actually happened, and I I didn't understand the type of situation where, as the ship went down, you know, all of its fuel which was mm -hmm. like a thick crude, yes. uh, uh, floated in the ocean. Um, and it was like so many feet thick feet on thick, the yeah. water. So yeah. the pe so the people that were on the surface, their legs, uh, it, they would pull them up close to themselves because if they went any further than the three or four feet or whatever it was of the thickness of the yep. oil, yep. Their legs would dangle below that. Oh, you know, it's like when you take oil and vinegar yeah. or oil and water and you put it in a bottle and you shake it and you see it separate. Yeah. And then if their legs drop below that oil line, that's when they would get taken. Imagine and, that. Imagine and, that. And then on the fifth day, it starts thinning out. It starts thinning out because yeah, yeah. it's it's spreading out yeah. over a larger area and the and the mm -hmm. water and the so then they become just targets. targets boom 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 and then and then when the you see the the when the the, the ventura the lockheed ventura uh what's your first reaction i'm over here i'm over here slapping the water throwing the water in the air yeah well Dude, screaming yelling supposed to do all right? the things that attract yeah. sharks yeah so all what, the things. so that's why this that's why that 10 chapters i took so long with that because one of the things that we're doing is we're changing we're changing the narrative in in that we're giving context to the shark behavior that's going to highlight the subtext in Jaws. So the shark behavior of why is there aggressive sharks? Of course, there we don't want to spoil anything because there's plot elements why there's aggressive sharks off Amity. Yeah. But we're also it's in many ways it's it's an educational part of the if if it's going to be a movie. We'll, uh, we'll talk about that. Right. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. But the if it, it, it that whole section is going to be an educational part because it's going to show exactly what that not only was it a feeding frenzy situation and sharks are extremely uh pack these these sharks go extremely wild in feeding frenzy situations but what happened was the elements everything about it the the, the these men did not know 
uh, what we know about sharks today. So this is going to be an educational moment. That's why I said this movie is going to, this book and book into film is a very important time for us. If uh, we want to educate about sharks, I think the book of Quint is going to be that vehicle to do that in the next chapter going forward. Well, we'll get into that. Okay. <laughs> Cause it's exciting. There's some exciting stuff going on guys. Like, yeah. you, like exciting stuff going on. Um, but thank so, you for your compliments on the book. That's that's just wonderful that um that you had all those reactions because those are the reactions I I challenge every Jaws fan, and especially if there's people out there that are cynical and they're saying, Who is this guy? Who does he think he is to write the prequel to one of the uh, greatest uh, iconic characters in cinema history, Quint? Um, have the highest ex expectations when you read this book. I want you to have the highest highest expectations because I had the highest expectations for me when writing it. And I was not going to start writing this until I was ready to go. And I made sure I did all the research, 14 months of research until I said, I can write it now. And that's when I hit with chapter one. Now, let me, let, now, obviously you got, you, you had a lot of work done during COVID. Mm, yeah. So it, it, it's a double-edged sword because yeah. <laughs> it gave you the time it did. Uh, uh, to, to write this book. I got to circle back to, to Benchley. Do it. Yeah. Uh, I P L L C. They yeah. said it was okay to make this book. Yes. <laughs> and I, like, but it wasn't until after you sent the first, so how many, how many pages did you send before they were like, Oh, 195 pages. Uh, it would be all the way up to chapter 24. Okay. Was, was what they had they had access to that and it was the early the first first draft so i'm kind of i was like oh man i'm kind of embarrassed there was you know there's spelling errors and i'm like oh man. you know i didn't i didn't really i did a quick edit but i didn't really have a deep dive at it like this that book went through eight different revisions for what you have in your hand right there they wow. had revision they had like they had revision one that was it so um but they were reading it and if you read like what you've read that the first of uh, the first part one and then they had five chapters of part two um I, what And then with my communications with Benchley IPLLC was that I was very adamant about staying true to Peter Benchley's wishes, um, not demonize the sharks. And I said that we could use the book of, we could use Peter's characters in order to talk about post-traumatic stress disorder and then uh, survivor's guilt and real-time situations, real-life situations that people right now are having as they come back from war, uh, war scenarios or they come back from uh, just a, a stressful life that there's post-traumatic stress dis disorders are uh, worthy of talking about. And these men were not allowed to talk about it back then. Oh yeah, so, absolutely. They weren't, you know, right. They and that's what we're doing. hide in the shadows uh, yep. with that. So kind of I stuff. tried to communicate that as best I could with the bench, with the Benchley IPLLC through their attorneys. And then uh, after five months um, I was done with the book. It was in October and I, I, October of what year? This year, 22. This year. Or, I'm sorry, 2022. Yeah. 2022. Yeah. 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 So they it was May when they got the uh, first half of the manuscript. And then I uh, approached them and I said, uh, done with it. I want, you to send, I want to send you the rest. And that's when they said, you know, we're not going to stand in the way. We'll let you publish. If you give 10% of uh, any and all profits to shark research and conservation via one of the um, not-for-profits that they had listed, I picked beneaththewaves.org. And that's where we've already generated funds, not only from the Indiegogo and the early book sales, we um, that they've already went to uh, beneaththewaves.org. So anyone that has a book, uh, you've already helped sharks 
because that generated funds to go over to beneaththeways.org uh, per the witches, wishes of Wendy Benchley and Benchley IPLLC. Isn't that an amazing story? So Isn't I hope amazing? I hope that settles any kind of um, any kind of issue that where people are just like, oh, is this just some fan fiction? No, I mean it's no. supported by Benchley no. uh, yeah. IPLLC. It's 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 completely supported. It's, it's, um, it's completely supported. Uh, uh, the, let's just put it this way: Benchley IPLLC um, allowed the publish publication to go forward, but they attached a, a wish wishes of them that they could see Peter's characters through the book of Quint uh, become uh, uh, to uh, generate funds to help shark research and conservation. Now, one of the things that I keep saying about, and this is the, the legal term, is that this is an authorized derivative work. You say it right there. It's an authorized derivative work of, of Peter Benchley's characters and Jaws, the first it's in 35 years. Right there. Yeah. And this is an actual letter in the book. Yep. That, that, that they, re, they legally asked me to put that in there. That's from the attorneys. No. Yep. And, put and, in the book. And, and that's the thing is that without that disclaimer, this would have been an unauthorized derivative work. So if you could, you could do, you could write something and they could say, I'm going to publish a book or I'm going to do this. But without that permission that they made that very clear to me uh, when our first communications that this was, they've been approached by numerous prequels, sequels, and spinoffs series over the years. And they've denied almost all permission, but they wanted to see the manuscript and it's just they saw something in this book that you saw. They saw something. Oh, and that's, yeah. that's if where they saw what I saw and they have seen with because you've got reviews of people mm -hmm. that have emailed you after reading the book. Yeah. From all over the world mm -hmm. that supported the the Indiegogo and have received there. And at the fact that you did it as a, a beautiful hardback mm -hmm. hardcover. Uh, book and it reminds me I've got my my first edition hard copy of Peter Benchley's Jaws I have it in my safe there you go I don't take it out of my safe and it's a hard copy it it feels it it looks and feels not I'm not talking about with the paper cover I mean I'm, I don't have the paper cover on it right. but if it, it just it feels like it's, it, these two belong on a shelf together it's it's something that Robert Shaw himself I believe would have been proud to hold that he inspired this, that it's well, well, it's because he, but see, he was also a writer and a playwright and yes. he, he would have seen the potential that's in here and would have been like, wow, I, I honestly feel that. Okay. And, and you were able to get a copy. I, I'm going to pull up a screen. Uh, I'm going to share a screen real quick. You were able to get a copy of the book to Robert Shaw's son, Ian, Ian Shaw. What a moment. I was so uh, nervous. <laughs> I was so nervous. Um, and this and and explain explain this picture to the people who who haven't been on your Instagram to see. Explain explain what's going on right here. So, um, uh, Ian Shaw is Robert Shaw's son. Was playing his dad uh, in his play called "The Shark Is Broken." Uh, they were at the they did a West End run in London, and then they he came over and did a run in Toronto. And his last performance was November sixth in Toronto, November sixth, twenty twenty two. And that was my extreme deadline. I was begging the printing press. I said, I need to have a prototype done because I have to deliver this. I, he, the Shaw family has to be the first one to read this book before anybody. It was just in me that he had to be he, seeing him um, in his stage photos 
for playing his dad was the was one of the inspirations when it was developing in my head about seeing a younger Quint in the water. I saw Ian do Shaw. We, do and we, that do we was, have any of the do we have any of those pictures of him uh, playing the character in the in the play or or, oh, or do I, we don't? I don't have any on my Instagram. No, but if you went to bro, uh, the shark, shark is broken uh, uh, Instagram at shark is broken i think um that but that's the thing is that is that when i saw those i said all right that that was it was clear that it became real the images became real so um and it was very so there's two there was two main rules that i had was the one main rule that was forming when i first started the idea of i'm going to tackle this prequel to jaws was that it was going to have to be dedicated to robert shaw and mary your his wife at the time of the making of Jaws. Um, and the next rule was that Ian Shaw and the Shaw family was gonna were, were going to have to be the first ones to be able to read this book. Wow. So, um, I was planning to go to England and, and find him somehow. I was writing his agents and I was like, look, I've got this book. I really have to get it to him. And it just so happened that he's in Toronto and I'm in Syracuse, New York, and that's only two and a half hour drive away. And I get the prototypes done on Friday and on Sunday, I'm driving up there with my wife, Tatiana, we see the play. And then I'm going to the stage manager. I got all the way to the stage manager. I said, I have this novel for Mr. Shaw. And they said, okay, after the show, he'll meet you in the back. So I walk around the back and here he comes out the stage door, introduced myself and I presented him with the book of Quint. And um, did he, did he have any questions or was he just like, he, he was, uh, he was surprised. He looked through it and he goes, this, this is a lot of work. That's what he said. This sure is a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. It, it was so funny because I was, uh, I, I was nervous because of the moment. And um, I rarely get nervous in, in moments like that, but there were these, this two, there was this couple standing over to the side and uh, the one was uh, the, the guy was a very big jaws fan. And he goes, this is awesome. He goes, you got to get a picture. And so they, so Tatiana was standing there. And so he goes, yeah, let's get a picture. And so he poses with the book with me. We take that photo photo. And then the guy goes, well, did you sign it? And I go, well, I didn't want to seem pretentious. And then Mr. Shaw goes, yeah, why don't you sign it? So I signed it to him and, you wow. know, and it was just so cool. It was just the, it was just the coolest moment. But after that, Sean, it felt like the weight lifted off of my shoulders that I, that, what needed to be done was done. And now the book was going to go out there and it is what it is at that point. You know, I, I'd love to, I'd love to hear his thoughts after he uh, uh, read the book. I'm sure at some point he might throw, throw that out there. Um, and, you know, to get it in the hands of, of Ian Shaw and, and, and just kind of, he, he understood, you know, his dad was a playwright. I mean, I know he was really little, uh, I think when his dad passed away, but, uh, yeah. uh, you know, he understood, he understands that. And as a, as a, as someone who wrote his own play that he went on tour with, yeah. uh, uh, he gets it, he gets the, he understands the writing. Um, so amazing performance, by the way, uh, acting it, he is his father. I don't, I can't stress this enough. I hope they get a New York run where he brings the play to uh, Broadway or off Broadway, because if you go and see it, you will see what we, uh, what, what everyone has seen is that this is Quint. 
and it's coming at the perfect time. And that's what I'm stressing to the powers that be is that we have never had a better moment like this. The book's done. We have art, we have a arch, architectural print for what we need to do. And we have a man who is a legacy of the man who played Quint himself. How absolutely how, how crazy. It's just there's something happening, Sean. There's and something I'm, happening. There's right, something, there's something happening. happening. It's just like it's just the energy is there. Everything is at the right place at the right time. We're we're approaching that glorious date of 2025. It's just if you see it, it's gonna happen. See well, that's the thing. You always, you know, you you have to will things out sometimes into the world. Yes. There's a lot of I, again. I'm, I want to talk about some things that I yes. feel like aren't spoilers. Okay. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. I love talking uh, about the book because I've been uh, when you write, you're in seclusion for so long that these moments are gonna make my day. You know. So <laughs> where I get to talk about it for a chance. We got we got Rudy here. Ryan has made all of the Jaws fans proud with the book of Quint, his weekly Jaws obsession podcast, dissects the movie like no one has ever done. He is the Jaws Columbo. <laughs> Kevin from New Jersey. That's Thanks, awesome. Kevin, Kevin that's, he's, he's been right there from the beginning. Yeah, he, the Jaws Colombo. He he coined that. That's great. So so I'll so take that. let me get this straight. <laughs> if you're the Colombo, <laughs> right? <laughs> Just one more thing. That's right. Uh, uh, we got some more people here. This is great. McGovern, all of McGovern's, O'Reilly's, the O'Rourke's are all descendants of... Uh, all right, I, I'm not going to say that right the first Irish King to be baptized by St. Patrick. I think my, I think my ancestors came from my, one of my ancestors was a prince, I think. And he was a thespian, which I find oh. ironic because I'm an actor myself. So, yeah. uh, uh, but I think that's where, uh, Thanks. my clan came from. Uh, <laughs> but that's great. That's all good, good, uh, good knowledge there. Um, I know I probably, uh, uh, I know I probably screwed something up when I said that, but, um, <laughs> I will buy the book, sir. Okay. Well, you know, yeah, you've got, done. you got what 300, uh, uh, printed, but it's being in the process. You, you have to get shopped to the bigger, um, yes. To the bigger, uh, uh, the bigger publishers. We need a wide release. We need a big publisher to come in and take this. And, and you, you had, you've had some interest from some publishers, uh, and, and we've had conversations where, mm -hmm. you know, they, they, they felt it 399 pages. It was, it was too much. There were some the literary agents that, uh, yeah, we went back, yeah, back and forth. And, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, it needs to be. And, you know, I, I mean, it, it, you know, it could be a volume one and a volume two, but, sure. The thing is, every time I'd finish a chapter, I was like, what happens next? So if it ever, if this thing left on a cliffhanger, I'd go nuts. Yeah. Waiting yeah. for the next one. Right. But at and, the same and, time. Yeah. And that's we'll the see. thing. It's like, if I, I was trying to get them to just read it, just yeah. read the book because I go, listen, I'm all for talking about and having constructive criticism, but you got to read the book. Just give me a shot first and right. then tell me what you think should be left out because I am waging that the way the style that the, the book is written in, that when you read the book, you're going to say, I can't leave anything out. This everything is key. I can fight for every paragraph, every sentence in that book I can fight for yeah. because I'm my own worst critic. That, that book was 150,000 words. It's been edited down to 139,000 words. I really uh, uh, wailed away on myself. And, uh, and, and when I did the editing and, and went back and forth because that, that I wanted to trim the fat, make it a lean, mean fighting machine. So 
I'm not wasting the reader's time. Trust me, uh, you, everyone out there listening and watching, your time is valuable. And I want to make sure that when you invest your time into a novel, that you're going to get what you expect. You're going to get uh, the story, the full story, and nothing but the story. Well, there were a lot of twists and turns uh, throughout the book. Um, right. and, and, and how Quint made it to Amity Island. Right. You know, and, and again, like, I mean, in the book, it shows the progression of that I don't want to give anything away how he got there, <laughs> who got him there. Wait, wait, uh, when do you think we can actually start talking about that? See, that's the thing. It's I like, mean, like, I mean, I, it's like, I don't want to spoil anything. <laughs> right. It's because uh, uh, it's right. just, you know, so good. <sighs> it's just that that's the thing is that I had this, that everything came into play. The, the pieces started falling in, in the summer of 2022, I'm sorry, summer of 2020, when I first had the inspiration and I said, all right, I, I can, I can do this. The pieces have to be there, those critical pieces. But, um, but that's where, if, if we could talk about what I was trying to do with the, what that book does is something completely different is that it's, it's actually written like you're watching the movie. It's, and oh, see, and see, that's the thing, yeah. you know, if you, because the movie is there, right when you're when you're when you i saw everything in this book coming to life in my head from a feature film perspective there you go right so yeah. i could see you know even the mannerisms that robert shaw brought to the character yes as 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 he spoke yes you're you're seeing the you're seeing everything i yes. mean it's just like you know and even you know uh in the prologue um ugh! Um, <laughs> I can't spoil that moment. I just can't spoil that. We'll have, we'll have to do a spoiler episode, but, do, but do you see, but uh, you, you, since you've read it, well, I'll speak in, in general terms. What I have had the luxury of having, I'm a, this is a first time novelist. This is my first novel. Sure. Um, my training came up with screenwriting. Um, yeah. But let, well, let me, let me address this question. Does yeah. he delve into his time on the USS Indianapolis that sunk in the Pacific? You don't have to spoil it, but that was so powerful in the movie. The first 10 chapters are <laughs> the sinking of the Indianapolis and him out with all his crew, yeah. uh, you know, uh, in these, you know, tight squares and the, you know, in the floater, and, net, floater and, net in the floater nets and, yeah. And the sharks picking them off one at a time. I mean, that's where it goes back to the post-traumatic stress, yeah. you know, and, 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 and in the book when, when he has nightmares, yeah. you know, and, and his, his wife will hear the nightmares or uh, his, his uh, coworker uh, later on in the, in the book, uh, Herschel hearing him yell in the middle of the night, you know, uh, from the fish shack. Um, uh, yeah. That's um, all. That's all actually. Shack. And that's all from um, all my research. There's a, there's a book called Only 317 Survives. It's actually called Only 316 Survives since that number was revised with a recent investigation where they found out that uh, the number of survivors was actually 316, not 317. So Quint was right in Jaws when he says 316. We thought the number was 317 for 30, 40 years, and it's actually 316. So Quint was right. Robert Shaw was right. But uh, that How did Robert Shaw get that number right? Uh, we, I believe that he was reading um, uh, another book called Abandoned Ship, which uh, the older number was 316, and then they revised it to 317, and then uh, for decades, and then finally they did a reinvestigation, uh, these two authors, Lynn Vincent and Sarah Vladek, who did the Indianapolis book, 
One of them got together with another historian, and I believe it might have been with Doug Stanton, who did In Harm's Way, which is another Indianapolis book. But they all, um, uh, they did an, a research with going through all the paperwork and stuff, and they found out that one of the guys uh, was on vacation or he had leave or something. So he was listed on the crew manifest, but he was not on the Indianapolis. So they listed him as a survivor, but he was never on that deployment so that they took him away. So it actually is 316. So wow. anyway, I digress because that, that what I'm trying to say is the book 316 survived is actually a very fascinating book because the uh, USS Indianapolis Survivors Foundation uh, wrote to all of the families of the, of the 316 men and they gave a chapter for each man. And if the family or if the man was still alive, they uh, gave their firsthand account. So wow. many of it, the, 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 uh, the father or the uh, husband was already passed away. So what they had was the wife or the daughter or the granddaughter or the grandson would actually write an article and uh, saying what their, their view was. So it was, a, it was a third person take of what they lived with, um, after the sinking of Indianapolis. So I used those, I used a lot of facts that I found in order to create this human side to Quint that we do not know. And that was very important for me because I was watching my uh, children and future generations. They were seeing Quint become increasingly like a cartoon character, you know, the, the crushing of the beer can and the, the sea shanties and all that. Right, and, right. And I was trying to say, no, 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 no. There's, there, there's a human side. And if we can show this, if we can provide this context, we're going to highlight the subtext in a lot of the stuff that Robert Shaw does for that performance. So thus, you don't need to remake or reboot the movie Jaws in 2025. Just show Jaws, but play the book of Quint before it. Whoa. Now Whoa. you're going to actually see the performance of Robert Shaw in a whole new light. Yeah. And that's what we're doing. I'll tell you what. <clears throat> one of my favorite <clears throat> lines in Jaws. And that's real fine, expensive gear you brought out here, Mr. Hooper. I don't know what that bastard shark's going to do with it. Might eat it, I suppose. Seen one eat a rocking chair one time. Awesome line. When I got to that fucking part where he <laughs> ate the rocking chair, the shark, and he, I, I, when, as soon as the character goes, I get seasick and I'm going to spoil it, but I get seasick. And, yeah. and so I take my grandmother's rocking chair with me so I could sit and rock and, and what uh, kind of against the ocean. Right as, soon as, he, as soon as he said <laughs> that, I was like, the fucking rocking chair. And, a sh <laughs> and, and as the, as the chapter progressed, Yes, that but as a Jaws fan, as a Jaws fan, just think about it now. Think about uh, as you read that that you just go, uh oh. That's you know how uh -oh. many you know how many oh oh, oh <laughs> moments I had reading this book. Right, right. <laughs> it was every chapter, every line. Right. You you just picking everything, right. and that's why. And because I'm seeing the movie play, and I'm seeing. And I'm going to just, let's be frank. I'm seeing Steven Spielberg in the back of the theater laughing as the guy brings out the rocking chair yeah. and watching the crowd go, Oh, because, you know, because that was such an odd line. Yes. In the, I don't believe that was in Peter Benchley's book. No, no, no. That had to be something Carl Godley came up with, it, with Spielberg yeah. when yeah. they wrote this thing, when love they wrote to know. the script. I'd love to know about the origin of the rocking chair line. Yeah, because it was so random. And like when you're when you're watching Jaws and Quint's just kicking back, seeing one eat a rucking chair one time, you're just like, what? How the how did he yes. see a shark in a happen? rocking chair? Well, and then just go read chapter 24. Your book. <laughs> I'm just like <laughs>
So, you know, I, the 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 beauty about the, you know, uh, 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 we saw you know a, a tiger shark, thirteen footer. You know, in the water, you tell by looking from the dorsal to the tail. And when when he so then when you read the book and these guys are getting picked off during the Indianapolis mm -hmm. uh, uh, event, and that tiger, I yeah. mean, you're just like, you know, it's coming. Yeah. Um, amongst all the uh, the the uh the pacific white tips yep um and they yeah. do like when you watch even national geographic documentaries the tiger will be all within schools of other sharks mm -hmm. chopping yeah. down on stuff that, that was a true story uh jack cassidy is a real survivor and he uh tells of uh and i just read that in the last chapter tiger shark tie-in in, in the last episode of the jaws obsession that there was a tiger shark that was harassing his group and they named the tiger shark Oscar. And it just so, and, and that's the, and that was the, what I, I wrote that right in. That was it. I was just like, okay, that's, that's going to be that part of the, ele that element that I need. What a fantastic. And you know, you leap and that's the thing. Like if you, every chapter is like, especially during the Indianapolis story mm -hmm. is like a cliffhanger. Like mm -hmm. I wanted to put the book down. You know, you read five chapters. I got to go do that. I got a three-year-old running around okay. screaming, dad, 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 dad. And I was okay. Okay. I, I couldn't <laughs> because the way you structured it. Awesome. You're like, I, no, I can't leave yet. I got, let me get through this one chapter and then I'll stop. Yeah. And then you'd get to the end of that chapter. It's like, oh, well, <laughs> shit, now I got to keep going. And so, you know, there are moments where you can put it down and breathe. Sure. Those first chapters. Nah, man, it's, oh. it's so gripping yep. that I, you know, I, I can't, you know, and That's I don't want to seem like I'm just like, Oh God, this is a, no, this book really just grabs <laughs> you. And I don't necessarily think if you're a historian, yeah. uh, uh, you know, if you love uh, world war two, you don't have to be like, Oh, this is jaws, right? You, you can just get into this book on its own. Mm -hmm. Um, and, it's a and it's, I, I wrote it to stand alone, uh, that, that it's going to, it's going to, it has its own feet. You don't need to watch Jaws. You don't need to read Jaws by Peter Benchley. And you, see, that's, that's the beauty about the book is it, it, it needed to be a one-off self-contained thing, yep. you know, because you don't want to tie everything. No, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to make it like rogue one where at the, the end of rogue one, you know, Darth Vader's right there. And then princess Leia gets the plans and she says hope. Right, and then. No. No, the no. next movie takes up with the crawl and the, and the thing yeah. you don't you didn't want to do that you had yeah. to keep it its right. own it, was, it was a fine line to walk because as a jaws fan i'm expecting to see jaws references but you don't want to have the you don't want to have it turn into a uh, cartoon reference cliche train where you're just um, you're just spitting out the same lines that we've already heard in Jaws. Yeah. So you, there's elements that you've seen in Jaws, like we'll just go to the rocking chair, back to the rocking chair, is that if I could work that in, but when he's seen, when Herschel is seen pieces of his rocking chair that his grandmother sat in on the deck of the Orca, and it's it, it, that, that description to me, that I did not plan on. When you're writing and you get, that's why I, I, I you know, if I'm going to, when I'm, 
to write another book, you have to go through, you almost have to go into training, like you're training for a marathon, because yeah. when you go into the writing, you have no idea. I know there's a framework that I'm going to be there, but I had no idea what was going to come out. But, and, but and also, like again, you, you, you really target scientific research. There are so many studies out there and there is so much footage out there, mm -hmm. which is something we never had with you know with cell phones now they capture everything when they're out on boats yeah when a mako shark breaches and lands on another on a boat there's footage of that and you there were stories yeah going back decades of great whites breaching mm -hmm. from sailors and stuff but it wasn't until you know national geographic actually caught it on film yeah you know these sailors all these years never had cameras to capture and can you imagine how those old timey cameras have to have time delays you can't catch a breaching no. great white right and so you know even until it wasn't right until it wasn't and 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 even when when spielberg created jaws and at the end he has the shark come out which wasn't in the book and right. lands on the back of the boat and crushes it and he leaps out and sharks don't leap out like that and then all of a sudden national geographic you're seeing sharks breach 20 25 feet out of the water yeah, great whites yeah uh and and then you you're seeing mako's land on boats and flipping and you're out of nowhere mm -hmm. a mako shark will just leap out of the water yeah and if there's a boat around it just might land on it that's uh right. and so that's where your book for me because i have i i was going to be two things when i grew up a marine biologist because i loved jaws Yep. Or I could have been an ichthyologist, like a uh, for, for fish. Or, uh, uh, you know, I wanted to be an actor. That was my thing. So I would work right. in the film industry, be an actor. Those are the two things I was going to yeah. be. And so, so along my whole path in life, I I have books on sharks, and you know, I I you know you know I I could do shark facts with people all day all day long. And so as I'm reading the book, I'm going, ah, yeah. And 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 you you did your research. But you also, as being in the Coast Guard, you knew the research because you lived it when it came to, you know, the white tips. Uh, and and I that to me made the book, too, because you right. again, it goes back to this conservation thing where you understand the post-traumatic stress from Quint, why he kills sharks the way he does. Yes. But then there's also there's there's reasons why he's killing sharks the way he's killing them, too. Right uh 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 which i can't i'm not spoiling that because someone's well, gonna read that and go oh right there's a reason he's doing it and and, and that's and that's the thing is i didn't want to go the, the the to get the benchley ip llc permission i did not want to glorify and uh the killing of sharks can't because we live in a day where our, our current times we understand sharks much more than they understood back then so how do you take this character who is a shark hunter and create him as a sympathetic and, and like a sympathetic character a tragic right. hero a tragic hero right and, and that was what i was that that was the ultimate tightrope to walk one side falls on this side then he's not the shark hunter you know if you fall on this side then he's too aggressive and no one cares about him the reader doesn't care about him so i had to uh, walk that line and in many ways i'm equating this to the deer hunter uh the, when, oh, when the book remember the is, trees yes when the book of quinn is, when the book of quinn is made into a movie uh let, we're gonna start we're gonna start being positive here 
looking forward. When it's made in the movie, it's going to be uh, our the, the, the modern day version of the deer hunter in that the deer hunter was not about killing deer. It didn't make you want to go out and kill deer. And the uh, a deer gets killed in it, but it is a symbolic meaning, the whole one shot. Sure. And that whole thing gave Robert De Niro the way to when, and he's hanging out with his friends and then they go off to war and what happens in the war and then they take it home and the mental effects on themselves uh, from doing that. So in, in many ways is that's what the book of Quint's going to do. It's not going to glorify the hunting of sharks. It's not going to make you want to go out and kill sharks. What it's doing is that, that the shark hunting is now in the background and it is an overall uh, theme that explains exactly what the book is about. It's not about it. So I'm equating it to the deer hunter that the deer hunter wasn't really wasn't about killing deer. Neither. And the book of Quinn is not about killing sharks, even though sharks do get killed in it. There's a reason for it. And everything is explained. It's just I just say, give the book a try, give a book a chance. Yeah, I mean, and I, I think and, and when you say give the book a chance, yeah. lots of people, Alex and Spain, uh, 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 you know, have been uh, reading the book, helping out with the, the Indiegogo. There's Dale. Yeah, there you go. Lineman, fellow lineman. Scott, Rockbox recording. Oh, then we have then we have the ultimate. We that that uh, uh so Marty let, Milner. Let me tell you about Marty. Marty Milner. Marty Milner was the construction foreman on the set of Jaws. Okay. He was he was way high up there on the production crew. And he did the first uh i had him on episode 50 um for the jaws obsession back in december he received the book he reviewed he he reviewed the book and i had no idea how it was going that was the first review really there was a live review that I was going to get on the show and he had and it was the, from somebody who worked on jaws. yes yes so i was like i was like here it goes this is it this is it this is a guy that's he's lived his whole life he was on jaws and he had the best words the best encouraging words um i can't say how big of an inspiration marty was at that point in time for myself to push forward and to go into the whole looking for the literary agent that whole thing um marty is a big inspiration for myself and uh and he's just had the best words so i can't thank him enough Ooh. i'll be the judge of that oh that's nice oh searchable that's verified good. reviews that's better than the ham and i've never said booking.com booking dot yeah that's great that's great there we have we have um that's a police officer that's a retired police officer that actually From the syracuse pd detective muggsy that, mcgraw so <laughs> muggsy so he came on the jaws obsession and he lent his expertise when we were trying to figure out about what exactly was martin brody doing with the different dates in the paperwork for chrissy watkins and if you listen to that episode that episode um going all the way back that would be episode uh 16 the jaws timeline explained we create a, an actual 12-day timeline that jaws takes place over 12 calendar days and we use that um his expertise came in to actually show exactly what are police doing when they fill out an autopsy re report like what he was doing and i was saying that he was he was for he was uh he was playing with the dates 
because he was anticipating getting the um, he was anticipating getting the uh, shark expert from the mainland in. So there's different dates played there. If you listen to episode 16 of the Jaws Obsession, you can find that on any podcasting platform around the world. Uh, you're going to hear Muggsy come on. And actually, Muggsy is going to come on in a future episode uh, because we're going to explain exactly how Ben Gardner dies. Mm. Using, using clues in the movie Jaws. I'm not making this up. You don't make anything up. You just take the movie Jaws and you see the clues in there, the, uh, in the screen. You know? We got Greg here. Yeah, that's Chipping Greg. away at the book. Yeah, it, yeah. One of the first books he read in a very, very long time. And that's... Uh, I have to admit, you know, it it was one of the very first books that I novels I had read. I mean, I had read the uh, the shark is still roaring, uh, which was the making of okay. Jaws: The Revenge, uh, and that kind of like fueled me. And mm -hmm. then all of a sudden, you know, this falls in my lap, and I just I I had to jump right in. <laughs> I, it's, it's inspiring everywhere. Like it inspired Greg. It inspired you. Uh, for fans to just say, you know what, let me crack this open. Let's see what's happening because this is the start of it. It all starts with a book. I said that back on episode 20 of the Jaws Obsession when we announced the Indiegogo campaign for the book of Quint. I said, it all starts with a book, just like Peter Benchley. He start, it starts with a book and then let's see where it goes from there because we, uh, this, uh, my whole vision for this was a Jaws community coming together to make something happen. So it was a community, a fan base coming together instead of waiting to see what the studio system produces and then either relishing in it or complaining about it. Why don't we all come together and make it happen for ourselves? Get the book out there. And then as you see with all your photos, the photos that we're putting up from the Instagram page that you're showing everybody, that the fans will stand up there and in one voice, hold up the book of Quint and say, this has to be a movie. And therefore you have a demand for a movie that hasn't been made yet. Yeah. Yeah. So it's wonderful. It was just wonderful to see um, all the, and, and, and I loved, you know, you included uh, um, in the book a, a sticker, uh, but you also included the other sticker, the book of Quint there with him and his sailor outfit. Yeah. And that plays an intricate part in the beginning of the book. And, and I, I thought it was, I thought, oh, it's gimmicky. He just, he, yeah. you know, this author, he threw in a couple of stickers and there's this mm -hmm. one with uh, Robert Shaw with the, the sailor hat on. And, and then you read the prologue and you're like, oh, this is part of the book. <laughs> what an Easter egg. Puts it right I, into your hands, right? Yeah. Right into your hands. And so absolutely uh, uh, loved it. Um, yeah, I want I want you I when you when you read the book of Quint, I wanted you to feel like you were in the movie, that it's the experience of reading the book. That's why I never it, it, I've held thus far. I've held that back on ebooks and anything, because I think when you hold that book. Yeah. Ebooks. No, no, no. Like you no, can't, no. you can't do the electronic stuff or ebook. People need to hold this book in their hand, mm -hmm. feel the pages and turn it. And yes. it is a page turner. You can't do that when you're swiping. It doesn't work. I'm sorry. You, you, you need yeah. that visceral feeling. The experience, the experience of reading the book. And I just, I just love how many people, because you're looking at all, all their different, all the different walks of life and the, the people that have, look at this, they've got little ceramic collections <laughs> here that everyone's sending in their version after, you know, they helped with the Indiegogo and, Charlie and, the dog. and just, 
this kind of stuff. And there you are. And see, there's the inspiration for the cover. There you go. You know, that was at the book signing. That was the uh, soft launch that we had for these 300. Remember, there's only 300 books made. And that's what uh, our uh, the uh, super agent, Bill Pettit, is. Yes, the William Pettit Agency. William uh, Pettit Agency, who is now representing the Book of Quint. Is representing the Book of Quint. Yes. And, and uh, that's, uh, that's why he's, we only have 300 books out there. And we are now, we're looking at getting the larger publisher to worldwide release to get this out so it will be available across the and that's when the electronic and the ebooks can all follow well they'll make that decision going down but going sure, forward, sure. that's what this whole thing was about was the 300 books the experience of holding that in your hand i made i went down to lightning press down in new jersey and i specifically chose the cloth i i so told them exactly what i wanted to see on that cover that I wanted that to feel like you got it out of a used bookstore in Nantucket or in Cape Cod. I almost wanted to almost distress every cover and maybe like, you know, scrap it, scruff it up and stuff like it, like it was supposed to be a hundred years old, something that you would find in a, in an old uh, a Siemens chapel. And that's well, the thing. I think that's great. I'm going to pop something in here. We're going to sure. surprise, surprise you for a second here. Okay. <laughs> tell me what, the, tell me what that is. That is uh, my 45th birthday. That is me signing the contract for uh, the William Pettit Agency to represent the Book of Quint. Um, and uh, very exciting that um, they just lined up like that, that uh, Bill and I uh, were able to communicate and he sent me the contract and there I am signing um, for official representation. Now, this is what we know. That was probably one of the, and that's my 45th birthday is my family. There's uh, uh, my kids and my wife standing around and uh what we're looking at here is, is that I was looking for the literary agent to represent the book. What, but I, what we needed was a Jerry Maguire. We needed someone that was ready to rock and roll. And Bill Pettit is the guy, boy, is he a worker? Cause he put me to work. Once I signed that signature, I had five or six tasks that weekend that he's going, okay, I need this. Then I need this. Then you have to do this, this, and that. And I'm going, okay, 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 okay. And I, it's just, I've been nonstop with, with Bill. Um, and so that's where we can, do you want to make the, announce the special news? Yeah. I mean, um, uh, the William Pettit agency, you know, is not only representing the book, but, um, in active development for currently working with some companies in Los Angeles to develop the book of Quint into a feature film. Yep. How yep. exciting is that? So do you see what I'm saying is that Sean, what you did because Bill found me through you. Yeah. Yeah. Bill's been my producing partner uh, for quite a few yeah. years. I've known him for almost 20 years and uh, he's a, my producing partner prior to that. He was my agent. Still my, he still reps me if I need that kind of stuff, but we're, we're producing partners. We actually have yeah. a television show in development sure. um, that we've been packaging and uh, we'll have, some news hopefully very soon to announce to the world uh, uh for our, our tv show getting picked up but he's got multiple projects absolutely uh, that he represents uh, he represents authors that uh, turn books to feature films and he's got he's just he's 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 working really really hard and he's doing a lot of stuff behind the scenes and um you know he's got really great connections and just all these things like if if i you got to thank Jonathan Tedder too, because 
he put this in my lap. It wasn't even on my radar. I was working on an Amazon series um, when the book was released and when the Indiegogo thing was going on and I was pulling 15 hour days on a television show and I don't even get on the internet when I'm on a TV series right now. I'm in between shows. I don't, mm -hmm. I, I don't start the other show for uh, season three for the Amazon show for a little, for a little hot minute here. And okay. so I didn't even see this book. I didn't even see it. I didn't even hear about it. Nothing. Jonathan throws it in my lap. My mouth hit the floor and I called my, I called my producing partner right off. The <laughs> so, Holy shit. I was like, you have no idea what's in my hand. Right. Uh, and when I, got him on the phone. I was like, you don't get the uh, see, but the thing is I, I bring a lot of, a lot to the table with bill over the years. And, and, and so there's other yeah. stuff I can't talk about because of NDAs yeah. that are going on, but, uh, the way impeded agency is, you know, actively, uh, hustling, talking to some, uh, production companies in Los Angeles and, uh, to, to turn this into a feature film. But and and but you have to realize that everyone out there listening, what Sean had just described is that is that we were my goal was to get it go right to the publisher, get it published, then the book will make noise. We got to get all the Jaws fans to read the book and all that. With with what you did and when 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 Super Agent Bill Pettit comes in, okay, <laughs> all right, we just we just jumped over an entire gap where we went over the literary side and now we're 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 landing with book to film development as well as now we're also taking care of the publishing side as well the literary side on the back end but how fast things happen we were just talking about that before the broadcast well i had a conversation with bill because i worked on a movie called the last song with miley cyrus and that was a movie that was written uh the script was written by nicholas sparks and he wrote the book and he All wrote right. the he wrote the book for miley cyrus and what they did was when, when we were filming that movie, when it was going to be released, the book and the movie came out same day, which right. was something that had not been, that he had not done before, because normally I've worked on quite a few, uh, Nicholas Sparks films. Uh, I think I've worked on that. I did the choice. I did nights in Rodanthe. I did the last song. I feel wow. like I did one more Nicholas Sparks movie. Um, and I'd have to go. I work a lot uh, on on movies and TV shows, and so uh, they all start to blend together over time. But I had said to Bill, "There's 300 copies of this, but if we can pull the same thing Nicholas Sparks did with the last song, and 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 you know, but we'll see because I I mean I would love to get the momentum of this book getting out ahead of any kind of a movie going in production. But see, the thing about Hollywood is they 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 like stuff yesterday." Meaning yeah. that, you know, hurry, you know, just go, go, go. go. They want it tomorrow. Yep. Right. I'm feeling, yep. It's kind of like, you know, you have been busy writing the feature film screenplay, the script yes. Yes. for the book. Yeah. Uh, at an amazing pace. But again, you understand the book inside now and you're, mm -hmm. uh, you're, you know, you sent me a couple of pages uh, yesterday. Mm -hmm. and I, I was like, oh, shit. You know, <laughs> the thing about you is like you grab the bull by the horns. Yeah. And, and, and you just run with it. Yeah. I live, uh, I live in this computer. Literally. I, I, I didn't, I was doing 10, eight, 10 hours writing a day for the last six days and generated 54 pages of the screenplay. Uh, just sent it to bill today. So you'll be getting that shortly. I'm pretty sure. 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 And then, and then you'll see, you'll see that it's just, that's what the, 
I know I'm watching it in my head. I know the novel like the back of my hand. So like you said, it's just the, the first draft. It's going to, you know, it's go, whoever comes in after that, it's going to make its own evolutions. Sure, sure. Because that's the industry. But yeah. that is to be able to have the opportunity to generate that first draft as the author of the novel. How special is that? So very grateful. So very grateful. And, you know, I'm interested because um, uh, Carl Godley, mm -hmm. who wrote the original screenplay, well, we're, wrote it with Spielberg. Yeah. Spielberg knocked yeah. out his version. He came in, jumped in, yep. worked on the movie. He's got a copy of the book of Quint. That he does. Yes. <laughs> and uh, so, I mean, that's, there's yeah. twofold there. It's a little nerve wracking, you know, mm -hmm. but I, I reached out to Carl and I said, you know, we, uh, you need this book, you know, and he send it, send it. You no, know. I got it. And Carl says, um, you know, don't bother me until April because yep. he has a couple other things he's trying to knock out uh, reading wise, but he's going to give like his kind of full review on, on that. And then to get that, you got to remember all these nuggets seen one eat a rock and chair one time, you know, yeah. all these things yeah. in the book that you took and ran with, he helped put together and, and for the film. Yeah. So, you know, you're, you, you want to hear what Carl thinks because, sure. you know, he's either going to go, wow, that's, I wasn't thinking that, but how cool, you know, or, you know, how did it, how this turned out in the mind yeah. of someone who was an, a, a mega fan that, that put this book together. And so I'm just really excited that Carl's got it because, you oh, know, <laughs> how could yeah. you not? I mean, the Jaws log, right? Look. Yeah. Know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've got my copy too. Right? It's on a shelf. Know, we all got our copies. Uh, we Jaws. all got our copies. But um, that's the thing. It's like, it, I, I even, that's the, the message. It was, it was just, he, without Carl's, that, that Jaws log and of course the late Edith Blake with her, um, the making of Jaws the, on location of Martha's Vineyard. Without those two books, you and I are kind of in the same, almost the same age, right? Yeah, I'm 40. I'll be 48 in April. You're 45. Yeah, so 45. Yeah. So we kind of grew up in the same time when shark books were few and far between. If you like Jaws, all you could do is watch Jaws or read Jaws. That's it. But yeah. then these two books were there. And these two books gave us alternate angles. They gave us alternate pictures. They gave us descriptions and all sorts of stuff. And then as a kid, you're just going, oh, my goodness. So it made Jaws more fascinating. Sure. Without those two books, there would be no book of Quint. That's just, it's that. It's, that it's just, simple. it's fact. And then, you, you know, you made a comment the other day because um, uh, John Tedder has a, a an Etsy store that he sells Jaws merchandise on. That's correct. And there's, there's, you know, there's, it was Jaws came out in 75. It wasn't until 77 when Star Wars came out that they started selling action figures for things. I mean, right. you had G.I. Joe dolls that went all the way back into the 60s and 40s or whatever, 50s. But you didn't have anything for Jaws. And it wasn't until recently that uh, they started making the 12-inch dolls, you know. Sure. Uh, or they started, which I don't I don't own. I never got a hold of any of those. Uh, right. But, you know they did they didn't start doing things you know i remember when the you know the mcfarlane i've got the orca over here the mcfarlane you know display okay. came out i flipped out i was like oh my god i've never seen anything like this before sure. and so any the, and this is what goes back to the book is it's like there's an audience of right. people for decades mm -hmm. that have not had any any kind you you said the jaws cinematic universe earlier <clears throat> and to think that we could have we could have one 
Yes. Like the, the universe, Marvel yeah. stuff or like, yes. like DC or like there's a, there's a, there's this out there. Like yes. there's, there's other stories that can be told other yes. than Jaws 2 or Jaws 3 or Jaws 3. Right. Uh, and so this, because that's, that's part of it. It's, it's about changing the narrative. And I, this is the next episode of the Jaws Obsession. I am going to do a whole episode on this, but very quick is that we need to start, stop apologizing for Jaws. Jaws has inspired millions of people to be shark scientists, underwater photographers, scuba divers, filmmakers, and everybody is out there. And I watch these, these uh, shows. I, I'm watching uh, videos of fishermen catching a shark and then being totally humane, pulling the hook out and then setting it free when they would have beat it with a club and, and, and hung it up uh, for a trophy back in 1951. It's totally different now, but those guys, they're all our age. And they've all been inspired by Jaws. So, um, yes, the short term that that when when you see director Steven Spielberg apologizing for the abuse of sharks after Jaws, or Peter Benchley's, uh, and he he had this ultimate uh, guilt over how the sharks were treated after Jaws. He he uh, did he did because there was a culling. Yes, there was yes. an abs during the seventies and eighties. There yep. was an absolute culling. Yes, of remember that? But that they had to be put on the endangered species list. Yep, and then but look what happened. Shark Week comes out. And kids like you and I grow up and we're fascinated with sharks and we're doing shark expeditions and we're going shark diving and we're looking at sharks and we're photographing sharks. And now I would have to say there was not, you almost, it's like life. It went through a bad time, but then there's a redemption arc, a redemption Absolutely. arc for Jaws. And that's what I wanted to highlight here is the, that book, the book of Quint is that read. It's that continuation of the redemption arc of Jaws where you're, we're changing the narrative and we're showing that Jaws inspired a host of reasons of why sharks are being helped. And now the great whites are coming back. They're off of Cape Cod. What has happened is that is that those the, the fascination that was inspired that the new generations, the, the, the guys at your our age and the younger that you see on Instagram and all the shark photographers. It's conservation now, you know. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. I mean, I, I remember it's seeing my jaws. You not too long ago, you know, someone there was a beached baby great white. Yes. And this guy walks right up to it, picks it up, and puts it in the water and pushes it because it got stranded, it got beached, and he's pushing it out there. They they would have clubbed that thing to death yep. in the seventies. Yep, and get and kept it for a trophy. Yep. Yes, there, there was that shark, that great white that was beached. That that they got a dinghy, and wrapped it around its tail and dragged it back into the ocean because it accidentally got beached. Uh, uh, going after uh, the low tide, high tide. It, it was going after. Not. It was eating yeah. stingrays and got beached. Mm -hmm. That would never happen because no. if you think about like when Frank Mandus was mm -hmm. out doing all his hunting and he would take people out on what they call monster fishing. I remember when they caught that uh, 16 or 17 foot great white uh, um, uh, and it got the Guinness Book of World Record, but then they took it away because they used whale meat. In Long uh, Island, right? Uh, in, in Long Island off yeah. Montauk. Remember that? Um, we were kids. We were kids. They saw the picture of that guy with the brown. And yeah. I, I saw that shark in person. Oh, you did? Dead. Cool. Yes, wow. it went on a tour. Wow. It was in a freezer truck and it wow. went on tour <laughs> and it landed at the, the state fair. That's a famous truck. And I paid a dollar because when I saw the shark, I knew because I I still have all the clippings of that mm -hmm. from when I was a kid in a in a in a book. Mm -hmm. Um 
the newspaper clippings, when I saw that the, the, the that was the great white, and that was the first yeah. time I'd ever seen a great white in person. <laughs> right. And it was the 17 foot world record. Mm -hmm. uh, although they took it away because um, they used whale meat. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Uh, yep. uh, you know, I, I got to see that shark and, you know, that never, that would never happen today. But see, that's the thing is that we only had the opportunity to see sharks back then in that format. Right. So if you wanted to see a shark movie back then, you had Jaws, and you had Jaws 2. That was it. Was there it. was no, there was no, there were, there were, there were no shark week. I had to watch, um, Leonard Nimoy, uh, in search of, uh, things where you would have Bigfoot one week and then he'd go, okay, now we're going to go look at the sharks. And I go, oh, great. This is great. And it was just grainy footage and all that stuff. It's just that that gave us the avenue. It wasn't that you were into killing sharks is that you were fascinated with sharks. Fascinated with them. Gave us the avenue to see sharks. So we had to watch Jaws. But yeah. That's what Jaws did was it gave us that base to jump off of as society jumps to another level where we understand the sharks, we appreciate uh, sharks and we see the beauty in it. And that's what we're doing. We're changing the narrative is that Jaws inspired people like you, like me, like Andy Casagrande. He says that Jaws was his favorite movie growing up and he's now one of the lead shark photographers in the world. And he works on every, uh, the Air Jaws. It's just yeah, the Air Jaws, the stuff on Discovery Channel. Yeah. All yeah. those guys were Jaws fans. All those guys. So Mr. Spielberg, take a bow. Yeah. Right? He, you know, he for a while he would say he wouldn't even go in the water, Spielberg, because he thought they were right. coming for him. No, they're not. Uh, but they're not. I mean, the tides the tides things. have turned. Tide, tides have turned. And that's where the book of Quint is coming in, is that is that is it possible to tell the story of Quint without glorifying the killing of sharks? I think it is, and I think the book success, successfully does that. It absolutely successfully does that. And I, it'll absolutely successfully do that on the big screen. All right. Uh, and so, yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. So when you first started doing, was was the Jaws Obsession podcast first? Yes. Well, okay. oh, no. I was in full research uh, phase and I started writing in October of 2021. The Jaws Obsession did not start until December of 2021. Okay. So that was my, oh, I was already writing, but I said, I need to start this because I have to win the trust of the fans first. But also it was just in my mind was Ryan, you have to just get out there and do it because you have to start talking about it, but you have to tell people, you can't just show up one day and say, Hey, I wrote a book. I wrote a prequel to Jaws. No, because these fans, Jaws fans, we are all very, very particular. We cherish this movie. Absolutely. Okay? And we're not going to put up with, you know, um, half-baked scenarios. We're not going to put up with that. So when I was going to take this to the fans first, I wanted to earn their trust. So I said, I'm going to start a Jaws podcast where I'm going to talk about Jaws and I'm going to show that there are hidden things inside that movie. And there are elements there that can be expanded upon to show that this, that Jaws is a bigger movie than we all might realize. And in doing that, I'm going to do a couple of uh, 20 episodes and then I'm going to announce the Indiegogo campaign. And I'm going to get everybody who's listening to go and back the book. And we're going to see what happens. And you know what happened within the first, the second episode, I met John Tedder. John Tedder comes into my life. I'm looking for uh, SDU 5E strobe light, the Hooper strobe light. Right, 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 right. 
we had them in the Coast Guard. Those were our personal strobe lights that you had in your search and rescue vest that you put on your uh, your hard hat or you put it on your, you, you, you'd energize it and you click it on. If you're overboard, you put it on the outside of your vest, it had a little Velcro on it, and that's how they could see you from far away. Uh, the SDU-5E strobe light. So I was looking for information on it and I stumbled that John makes the little labels here. Right. Okay. He makes the little labels that go on that Hooper has on his SDU-5E strobe light. So uh, when you so when you go out and you can get one of these at like a, a, um, a hardware store, or at, I'm sorry, at a military surplus store, you get these from John, you can have the Hooper one, right? You'll have the Hooper one. That's Absolutely. The military, that's yeah. the military one. Yeah. You yeah. get the Hooper one. Okay. So I found this guy, he's making these labels and I go, Hey, I wrote him an email. I said, Hey, you mind coming on a show? I'm, I got a Jaws talk show and I'm kind of looking for information on the SD5E strobe light. I just want to want to come on and talk about your labels. He goes, yeah, sure. So we'd set up a call. And next thing you know, I start telling him about this project I'm working on. And he goes, this is unbelievable. I've never heard about anything, anyone doing something like this to this level. I told him the whole narrative story. We sat on the phone for like four hours. And so, I know I only did an hour with him on my last show yeah. a, a, a couple of a week or so back, but I you know, dude, I, we could talk for hours and I needed to, um, uh, I, <laughs> He's his knowledge is so in depth. It's unbelievable. With that stuff. It's, it's mind blowing. Unbelievable. But that's what he had the orca knowledge where I only had the movie. I did not have real life orca knowledge. I didn't have real life measurements. So when I need to know the fuel capacity for the orca, because they're in 1953 and they're filling up at the Amity Town, uh, at the Amity Harbor at the fuel pumps there, uh, I call up John in the middle of the night. John, how much diesel does it take to fill up the orca? John's got the answer. So we start hashing out the, okay, how much does diesel cost back in 1953? And now we can put that in the book. So in the book, you actually have, how much does it cost when, when, uh, when the, um, when the Harbor master Frank Silva comes over to, and he says, it's going to cost this much. That's how much it's going to cost. That's how much it's going to cost. I didn't make that number up. John and I computed that number together and I used John for that. And that's why he's the technical advisor in the book. That's why he's, he's in the acknowledgements in the back of the book. Uh, and it would never have been possible without the jaws obsession. So everything was, I was so, feeling was had to happen, had to happen for a reason. And then now let's talk about the book and the Orca. Yes. You do learn in, this isn't not a spoiler, but cause obviously Quint has the Orca when in the movie jaws. Sure. You do find out how he gets the Orca. Yes. And how he rehabs the Orca and how he puts yes. it to sea. And it becomes a very pivotal part of this a uh, particular book. Yes. And it's great. <laughs> I I can't I mean even and uh, again the detail about uh uh what is it MSLF what's what's the 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 oh, number I'm on the side sure. of the orca? Uh, yeah. Uh, I, uh, I I know it off the top of my head. I, mean, I got it in my notes. You know who's going to put it in there? John's going to throw it in the comments. Come on, John. Hook us up with that. Yeah, that, that is, is that's the number that the orca has on the side which is what you need in order to do sport fishing right but in order to but you couldn't do that the coast guard would stop you if you didn't have that on there and and the way it's like okay the boat has to evolve with the time ms15 lf ms15 lf that's yeah. it yeah um I almost had it. Almost had, had all of it. See, that's why I write everything down so I don't have to memorize this. Yeah, my head's yeah. filled with enough. <laughs> and, and so, so the the idea that that kind of detail. Oh wait, you know, 
the coast guard stops you. Well, where's your fishing, you know, serial number on the boat, whatever, whatever the, you know, yeah, I'm paraphrasing, but, and then, you know, the idea that you got to swallow your pride and, and, and nothing's free anymore. Everything's evolving. Amity was just a deserted, basically Island until it needed to get power. And once the power hooks up and then yeah. things change, the and you're watching come, things are changing. The tourists come and things yeah. are changing and the, it's no longer fish shacks, it's condos. And like, as you're watching the years go by, because how many years does this cover all the book? It goes it from 1945 all the way to 1968. From 1945 to 1968. Yeah, so you were right. He arrives on Amity in 1951, and that takes him all the way to 1968. So uh, Cable Junction is already built. The electricity gets supplied by 1951 to Amity, but it doesn't get to Amity Point, which is the name of his town, the fishing town. The, the fishing town with the yeah, yeah, that's Amity Point, and that's actually done from Jaws when Spielberg makes the cameo. And he says Amity Point to Orca, Amity Point, Amity Life Point Station. Life Station to Orca, yeah. Amity Point Life Station to Orca. So that's where Amity Point is, the actual town over there, because you can see the Coast Guard Station in the movie Jaws. It's the white building with the red roof. That's actually Menemsha Coast Guard Station uh, boathouse. Uh, but we're using that. That that actually is Amity Point. Okay, the light station, which is the lighthouse. Okay, but then you have the Coast Guard Station. They they maintain the lighthouse back then. And uh, so the, the, the electricity takes two years to get across to that side of the island. So it's from 51 to 53. So um, what Herschel describes is how everything is uh, dark. Everything, there's no electricity on the island when, when Quint gets there. And that's what we're looking at is that as the electricity is established, you actually see society creeping in and uh, the island's changing. And that's the, it, that's the effect of Mayor Vaughn. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing to see the evolution of the island through the eyes of the locals. Yep. Uh, and so, you know, and then, it, yep, and then how, how they're, they're responding to that. And then of course the charter, right. You have to now, now you see the local fishermen going, okay, well, we don't need to set our lobster traps. Let's, uh, we can do charters and we can make money off these tourists. And Quint has a disdain for tourists. Well, of course. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And, and, uh, that's the, that's one of my favorite chapters is that charter. That charter chapter is just one of my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be great to see on film. <laughs> Uh, I, I, yeah, because the kids, and then the other thing is because, <laughs> the, 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 yeah, the, the, uh, the, where he's up on the mast installing the antenna. It's just, and yeah. And uh, the people are up there, yeah, you know, yeah. on the boat, just yeah. playing and joking and taking pictures, and right? not yet, yeah, not understanding that like <laughs> whose boat they're on. No. Uh, no. Yeah. And that's the thing, you know, you don't stray away from alcoholism right. in the book. Uh, you don't stray away from the loss uh, yeah. of, of, of just people that were close to Quint. Yeah. You, you really see why this guy ended up the way he ended up. Yeah. And it's, it's, and in doing that, you, it's also teaching about the history of what happened. Those are real people that, uh, that died on the Indianapolis. These are real, uh, that the element of, um, that I don't want to do any spoilers, but that comes up in the play later on in chapter in the in chapter 44 it's that that there's a reason why when quint says in jaws he taps his forearm and he says mr hooper that was the uss indianapolis and then hooper says you were on the indianapolis he totally sobers up and uh but if you watch when quint taps his forearm he looks at the table he looks over and then he looks down at the at the wood grain on the table and he's thinking about someone that sat there already and he's thinking about something because that's, I believe that was the first time he said USS Indianapolis in uh, six years. Because six, six years, because you explain how his tattoo six, was yeah, removed. 
Right. And he says, I had that removed. Now, what does it take for to remove a tattoo? What was, what was he running from? What, why did he remove that tattoo? Don't you want to know? And that's what, that's why this book, the book explains it, but, um, in such, it had to be something more than just an ego trip. It had to be more than something. The research that I was doing, I wanted to show the pain that these guys were going through just by remembering their time in the water and how someone would react by removing a tattoo in 1968. Uh, well, and then like referencing that everyone's you know, going, oh, you're on the Indianapolis, you were on the Indianapolis. And now you can get a laser treatment to remove a tattoo. It takes a couple yeah. of sessions. Yeah. The way Quint removes the tattoo. Yeah. The way holy that. shit. We're not spoiling that for anyone. No, that's the way but, I see Quint doing it. But the toughest, this guy, Quint was the toughest man. Yeah. you'll ever fucking run into. Right. I had to drop the F-bomb on that because it's true. <laughs> you you will not find a more hardened person. You know, um, these guys the, are the, really like that, Sean. The, the way his, uh, I, I can say this because it's not giving anything away because you got to read the book, but the way his father died. Yeah. That started everything. Yeah. That started the spiral. Yep. When he, when he was a younger man. Yep. When his father died. And, you just, you just go on the, the, oh. the trauma of that, just that incident. It's not cartoonish in that. I didn't want to be like, Oh, his father died. Like his father was eaten by a shark. No, 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 no. It's not like that folks. It's no. that there's something it's, it's so deeply ingrained the psychological battles, the regret, the yes. fear of regret is sometimes worse than the fear itself and living with that regret. And that's what this book isolates. It drills down on that. And I, I, I had to search in, in my own soul when writing this. I left a lot of myself on the page because that's how I feel. Yeah. That sometimes uh, I'm scared of regret than I more am just scared of stepping out there and putting myself out in front of people. I can't imagine how my life would be if you didn't write this book. <laughs> I'm Thank sorry. Like, it's changed. I, You're saying it's changed. It's changed. Your life changing. It's it really is. Wow. Thank you. You know, it actually reignited my um just reading books again. All right. I've yeah. got another book lined up. Or I'm gonna start reading. So it was it's just more than just Jaws, you know. All yeah. the Jaws stuff, although you right. know, I'm a, super, I'm a super Jaws fan too. Right. So it's like M maturity um, of the content. I keep trying to describe it brings it the maturity level. It just it opens it up to where people are just there. You'd never, you, you can't. You, that's why I say everybody have the highest expectations when you read this book, because it's going to meet those expectations, if not blow them out of the water, because that's what I'm aiming to do. I aimed it to do myself is that I wanted to do that because the mature, it brings the maturity level up to where Jaws becomes, I liken it. And, and that's why the, I, you've read the book. So you're going to agree. This is what is the Godfather without the Godfather two. All right. We all know Godfather and Godfather two, those prequel elements of Godfather two make the whole thing, the whole thing. So absolutely. If you read this book, Jaws is it's enhanced in your eyes. I never thought as a Jaws fan, Okay. I never thought I needed a prequel. I'm I'm actually like I'm the guy that doesn't like all the holes filled in. 
Right. Okay. I get it. I'm a little frustrated that a lot of the stuff that's going on with Star Wars, because they just seem to just keep filling holes, filling yeah. holes. Right. I don't, sometimes I, you don't need to know how mm -hmm. this happened. You know, Correct. I don't think I ever needed to know anything more than what Quint said in that cabin, in that boat about the Indianapolis story. Right. And then I read this book and I go, I need to see this on the big screen because this makes the speech yes tenfold more powerful yes but i didn't think i needed that and that interesting because jaws to me has always been a masterpiece <clears throat> right i've always loved the movie jaws in general just because <clears throat> you know it's simplicity uh, it's simplicity but i always gravitated towards the three r's roy scheider richard dreyfus robert shaw okay uh they and it was the characters because it kind of you know it kind of guided you because i didn't have a, a a father figure per se okay um growing up you know my dad was kind of out of the picture and you know my mom raised me a lot by myself and okay. and uh and so when i looked at jaws growing up and always reflected back i always knew you needed you needed to be Hooper because mm -hmm. you needed to have the intellectual, right. the education, the, you needed to be smart. You needed to be Chief Brody because these are all the archetypes. You needed to be Chief Brody because you needed to be someone who is honest and loyal and protecting. Yeah. And you, you needed that in a father figure. So you need to, and then you needed the man's man, the guy that wasn't going to get his hands dirty, that could, uh, uh, you know, that would fight for somebody, you know, yeah. so you, you, all three of those archetypes were, is what makes, made me strive for as an adult was, so, so I've always said, if you took the shark out of the movie yes, and you just had those three guys, I right. could watch a movie about those three guys do something else. Right. Because you, you needed the intellect, you needed the, the, the protector and you needed the man's man. It's a beautiful thing. And, yep. and, and for me, that was always the film. Right. You know, the shark right. was the bonus, right? Right. <laughs> and, right. And everything else that came along with it, but it was the rich characters and the stuff that even, uh, you know, what Carl and, and Steven did in crafting the script with the Islanders, you know, mm -hmm. you know, just all the things. Hey, you know, I, I need a red zone. No, no, no big deal. Chief. Right. Something little, little you know, you've line. done it before. Um, all these things, giving all these people this pepper throughout mm -hmm. the whole thing. Right. I don't think that's funny. I don't think that's funny at all. Right. You know, I mean, <laughs> and, and the fact that you touch on these characters yeah. in the book. Yeah. And you give them more. Yes. To do yeah. than what. Because that's just that's the, the one liners theory. of Jaws. Yep. The it's theory. Great. The theory that, that, thank you, because I saw the same thing, Sean. It's that uh, Jaws means many things to many different people. And that's why this movie was so hard uh, to, when you when you look at the sequels and what happened. You I'm just laughing, go, but I'm going through the book, but go ahead, go ahead. How do you, how do you not, um, when you see the sequels and you see what happened and, uh, you know, we all have our attachments to two and three and. And then you got you have four, but it became a laughing stock. And I'm going, no, 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 no. Jaws one is a very, very special movie. In my mind, it's the greatest movie of all time because yeah, it affects too. everybody in every country. You could go to Japan, you could go to Australia, people will know Jaws. 
Um, so that's what we're doing is that the prequel is, is providing the context to create the subtext, to draw that subtext out of those three characters, to draw that out, even the Hooper, everything. It's just, you're drawing subtext out. So when you watch Jaws, you go, oh, you're enjoying it more. You're getting a richer experience, right? You're getting that full body taste of that coffee, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree 100%. Uh, yeah. that, because I, and I think that's why I love the book so much because right. I kept seeing, oh, he took that one line and he made a whole chapter about it. <laughs> like the idea that your mind worked that way. All right. Yeah. Blew, blew me away. Oh, and I, and, and the other thing is because like, like we know the orca, we know the boat. Yeah. And to know where it came from, how it, how it yes. was launched. Yes. How yes. it was, you know, and, 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 and the, just, mystery, the mystery behind it. It's yes. not like he just showed up and he, got the orca right and there's he got the orca going on there it's it's it's, no. a, it's a living breathing thing it's like there's something happened on that boat they can't yeah. explain it but it's just down really down nice. to the, the the rifle the rifle the rifle is so important to the movie it yes. wasn't just you know what's wrong with this gun jesus christ yeah, right. oh go oh, go oh, oh. he for he you know you find out what he did with those things when he was in the military yeah or when yeah. he got out of that we're not out of the military but when he was when, his throwaway when he, job right his throwaway yeah, job yeah he was hidden oh <laughs> Yeah. And then, and and then and just think about it. Like when you see that in the book, when it says, and the, the rifle, right. And it mentions it, you can almost see the camera pushing in that. Oh that, yeah. That yeah. Dr no, droning. no, you can, you can see like, the, you can see the rifle. That's the, that's the rifle. That's the one. That's, that's the, the rifle. Shark. That's the, that's one. the one. <laughs> so if you have scenes around that, I said, that's great. If, if, if you could have a scene where the two characters meet each other, but they're holding something, that plays such a huge role years later. The 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 and and, and when the character of Herschel sees it for the first time and picks yeah. it up, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, oh. don't put it down. Yeah, Hold it right. up because it's heavy. Yeah, I mean, because oh, I, it's when, heavy. When I was in boot camp in Coast Guard in the Coast Guard at Cape May, New Jersey, um, we had we the we had it's the coast guard's a smaller service they issued us uh m1 garands this is back in 1997 so what? we would do the push-ups with it we'd run with it we'd have the drills we'd do the facing maneuvers and all that wow. and so your forearms are burning because you're carrying this thing is just enormous well, that explains heavy. the chapter there you go again it's you, you putting stuff in it yes that you had personal experiences with so you you could oh. articulate that yes my sister Tiffany said, uh, Ryan, you are uniquely qualified to take this book on. And it's not that I'm, I did not consider myself the uh, best writer, but what I considered myself was I had the experiences to draw on. Like Ernest Hemingway said, you can only write as true as the experiences of life that you have. Right. And, and that's so, why I, I said it's Coast Guard, yes, deep sea right, diver, right. you know, lineman. So I, I mean, you know, you're talking about the power going to the yeah. island and all yeah. this stuff. I was like, oh shit! I so saw it. I'm going. Okay, wait a minute. Seeing the truth because I have that. Yeah, because yeah. you have that knowledge. There it is. And yeah. and that and and that's what again. Sorry, dude. I'm gonna brag on this thing because do I, it, I, do it, do I, it, I know it. what's coming. I know. I know it's coming. <laughs> and it's yeah. you know, the future is gonna be amazing. Oh yeah. Because uh, 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 if we keep putting it out there, mm -hmm. and putting it out there. And uh, I just said, uh, it, the more people read it, Marty Milner said, Ryan, he goes, you just stay the course. Some people take six months to read a book. Some people take a year. 
He goes, but when this book is read, people will start talking about it. I and took a couple of weeks because I have a three-year-old, but I, I was, I actually, it was even, it wasn't that I, if I put all the time together, it would have mm -hmm. been four days. Okay. But, cool. but I, I had to go five chapters here, yeah. five, you know, that's great. Know. But to everybody so. reads at their own pace. But the thing is, is that no, I have not received, knock on this wood here. I haven't received one bad review yet. Everybody wow. has glowing reviews for the book of Quint. I'm yeah. so very grateful. <laughs> Carl, come on, Carl, <laughs> come look, on, Carl. God, leave. I just, <laughs> uh, yeah, that, uh, Mr. Uh, Gottlieb, we need that blurb. You're just a little <laughs> nervous there, uh, but uh, we'll see what happens with that. Well, there's always but, a first, right? But then we'll be batting lights. That's a good percentage. I'll take that shooting percentage. But if the movie is made, I shouldn't say if, I should say when, when the movie's made, when the yeah. movie will need the orca. It's pivotal. Mm -hmm. It's pivotal. We know who has one. Mm -hmm. We do. We know who has collected almost every piece to that mm -hmm. boat, every nail, every light, every piece of rope, every we, we so it's not like it's not doable. Now, I happen to work with uh, some amazing people in the film industry amazing carpenters, amazing, uh, 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 technicians that I've seen build some of the wildest stuff mm -hmm. that your heart can desire. It's not that somebody else can't do it, mm -hmm. but if you already have it, right. It's not going to take much to spit shine, get it right. running, get it going. And, uh, you know, uh, 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 the movie would be the reason. Uh, and so that's exciting for me. Mm -hmm. I know that's exciting for other people, John. And because, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's why would you not? I mean, I, you know. Right. Well, it it, is, it, I would I would have to almost assume that it's it would be exciting for director Steven Spielberg because we know how distraught ha he was. He was he not was happy, very distraught, very upset when the the orca was um, yep. uh, chopped up for timber, uh, for firewood timber. and thrown away. You so know, as is, he this says, is, this is the chance to see it back on that back lot for himself but to see it no 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 it's not going on the back lot never again <laughs> i'm taking it there you go <laughs> john's got to go marlin fishing with it right uh uh, uh before anything <laughs> but but it, it, to see it in its phases of being getting to the point where it is what we've yeah. what we see in 1974 mm -hmm. uh uh in the you know yeah. when they shot the movie to see the metamorphosis of things being added to it, this here, yes. that, the yeah. mast wasn't on there in the beginning. It's like yeah. the, you know, so, you know, the movie, you know, obviously like, like I want to shoot films at, you shoot films out of sequence. So right. there may have to be a few. There have to, there'll have to be a few. Yeah. Obviously just yeah. like, you know, thank God it doesn't have to sink. Right. Right. You don't have to make a sinkable one, uh, but but you can have a few. You could have right. at least you can two have or the three. different stages of it. I yeah. wanted to really show that, um, in my mind, uh, when I was approaching a prequel, and I felt that other when other prequels were made, um, let's just use Star Wars for example. I you have to think of the original is the highest, and then your prequels got to be less. So you got to tone it down. You can't overdo the original 
So you right. have to, everything's got to be less. So I didn't even want to have the hand crank on the Orca. I want him to have that in Jaws. So that's why he's using two sheet blocks. He's using uh, his leverages and his pulley systems on the Orca because he doesn't have the hand crank because he adds that later on after the events of the book of Quint. So I wanted right. to preserve some of the elements of Jaws that you would go, okay, that's the green lightsaber moment. Wow. Look at what he has there. If you were to watch them in order, and that's what I wanted to do as writing it. I wanted to, I didn't want it to just be uh, the hero finds his boat and then goes out. It's gotta be a series of failures and learning from those failures and add-ons. And then all of a sudden you have, what Herschel says is the one a boat built for a purpose unlike any other vessel to hunt, to hunt those things that swim beneath the beneath the waves. Now we talk about Herschel, uh, and 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 to people who don't know, there's a character in the book Herschel who's also in the film Jaws yep. that was never really expanded upon. Right, and the expansion in this book is mind blowing. Uh, because we meet Herschel at 19 years old mm -hmm. uh, uh, in the beginning, and it's just, it's just amazing. Um, some of uh, let's talk. I want to talk a little bit about some of the illustrations that are in the book. First sure. of all, Graham Nolan. Graham Ooh. Nolan, thank you. Okay, very much. yeah. You can only in your mind think of that. what's going on right here with yeah. Quint, right with there. this this great white. How can anyone not want to see if that was a movie poster? How could you not want to just go right in the line and buy your ticket? Absolutely. Absolutely. If I saw that, I'd be like, yeah, I'm there. I'm All there. Right, right. There's I'm another sorry. great drawing. I'm trying to get to the, the, the way. Okay. Yeah, Graham, so the Graham Nolan is, he, he was a former DC um, illustrator. He works for, he, he has his compass comics. You can find him on uh, on Indiegogo with uh, doing his campaigns. He does independent comics now. And uh, I commissioned three pieces of art for the Book of Quint. And he was gracious enough to step his, uh, to lend his talents to uh, where I described what I needed for the three parts in the book. And look at that. It's just here's Quint arriving on Amity, walking towards the Warlock, which is a derelict vessel at the Graveyard Cove because there is a graveyard of dead vessels that quint has to pick from and warlock yeah was the original name of the original boat that was purchased to be converted into the orca for the film yes the fact that you incorporated that as the name of the boat yeah. and the fact that if you drop a few letters and rearrange the lettering <laughs> you get orca right. out of warlock it's there it's right <laughs> the fucking there <laughs> i'm dropping <laughs> another f-bomb right it, it, it makes you want to it, it was so obvious and i can't remember if they did that in the in behind no, the scenes no no it, it was no they they made the orca was the name of the boat in the novel no that's right so they okay. couldn't have done that. They couldn't have done it. They just got this boat called the Warlock. And Steven Spielberg said, we dropped that weirdo name and there's the Orca, right? And I'm just going, okay, the same letters. So Same same letters. So you just have just, to drop it's the that K Jaws and the mystery, that And Jaws you rearrange mystery. the letters and yep. you've got... So when that was in there and they're like trying to hang the letters back and, and, yeah. and, and they, the, 
they were mm-hmm. ru- rusted and or, or they had the yeah. green on there and all that kind yeah. of and uh, trying to work the letters and then you know herschel walks up the next whatever whatever the, the in the book i don't want to spoil it yeah and then the letters have been rearranged you're like you've renamed it and he goes it's bad it's bad luck to rename it's a bad vessel. luck to rename a vessel and Quint goes, there's luck's got nothing to do with luck's it. Luck's got nothing to do with it. <laughs> but if you think about it, what's that foreshadow? It foreshadows Jaws. What happens, to the, foreshad- what happens to the orca? You never rename right. a boat. Right. <laughs> huh? That's why the book it's is so beautiful. <laughs> I got chills now. Look what you're doing to me. <laughs> Michael. <laughs> oh, yes. The orca is a developing character as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this one uh, earlier, the, then the mayor is the guy who works schemes, uh, all the characters Aiden. and he yeah. has a very intricate part in the book. Um, you yes. know, and not unlike the original jaws novel by Peter Benchley, where there was mob stuff going on no. and there was, and, and no. Hooper cheated on, you know, my point is there are stories going on in this right that have nothing to do with jaws that expand right the characters and you go oh shit yeah you what my my i had to make a decision early on and i had to say okay what jaws are we prequeling and i had to say obviously we're just going to do the movie we're going to stay with the movie so whatever happens in the movie is what i'm going to derive the clues from uh, Peter Benchley's novel, they've made so many changes. I had to say, right. okay, no, I'm not going to reference the novel. I'm just going to reference the movie and then go from there. And then I said, okay, I'm going to reference a little bit of number two because that's Roy Scheider. And I believe that's the proper progression for his character, the insanity. If you see the mayor's performance, Murray Hamilton's performance in Jaws 2, and you watch, read the book of Quint, now you're, you're going, oh my God, he feels so guilty. Yeah, watching this guy totally crumble away his career, his family, watching the insanity take over because what's Herschel say? We all go a little crazy on this island. Some just show it more than others. Yeah. So the longer you stay on Amity, the more it affects you. And that's why I believe that the Brodies would have left after Jaws 2. They would have left the island. So if you take three and four out of there, the natural progression of that family would be say, we're out of here. We're done. Because Well, part of the family left in three. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, one went to Colorado and right. the other one went to uh, Florida. Yeah, Florida. Uh, you know, I look, I Jaws 3 has a very special place in my heart. I saw that in the theater when I was a kid. All right. In 3D. Okay. And absolutely. Ooh, you saw it in the 3D. Oh, I saw it in 3D in the theater. Wow. I saw uh, it rented from Rite Aid on the beach. No, dude, that was like, <laughs> and, and, and at that age, I guess I was eight or nine. Mm-hmm. It, it, I believed every minute of it, mm-hmm. but I had the mentality of a nine-year-old. So yeah, you can look at the movie now and go, oh, it doesn't really hold up or it's, yeah, it's a yeah. little hokey and the, the 3d doesn't look right. good because of the transfer, you know, to, um, right. To, to DVD or VHS or whatever. But in, as a nine-year-old in the theater, that, that, that kicked ass, that mm-hmm. totally kicked ass. So, sure, sure. um, and well, I, my I, only, I, my only gripe about Jaws, the revenge, and I know we're going off a little bit here, but, but was that they flipped the roles. So, you know, chief Brody or Brody, Mike Brody was a, a, a underwater engineer and welder. Yep. And the, the wife was the marine biologist. Then they, for some reason they're in the Bahamas and the wife is a welder 
yeah. and, and sculptor, and he is now yeah, rheumatologist. When, when you know, he couldn't even he yeah. couldn't tell the difference between a dolphin and a fish. Yeah. Uh, in in, in know, three, which is weird in three yes. because he grew up on Amity Island. Right. How, how would you not know? Uh, oh, it's a whale. It's a fish. Sure. Like, uh, um, no, this one's a whale. Yeah. But do you see what I'm saying? Is like that's it's not necessarily your enjoyment of those. It's just that the the uh the discrepancies in the uh in the referencing of the original original movie, don't make sense they don't make, they don't sense. make sense so you you have to take those and set those aside and you say okay jaws 2 jaws has two. cable junction jaws 2 has a burned out enclosure at okay okay don't, the, don't give too much away people are gonna people gotta read this thing uh <laughs> uh so <laughs> but, but yes see, there, but there see, are see, things like, in jaws too that you yeah. put in this book too yep. to explain why those things are even there yeah and right. and and the ballast for the orca oh, and oh, the yeah. coast guard construction of the the coast guard thing yeah. and the paint the red paint i mean i could it's I could go on and on and on, but because the way you, think you make about it, it like, all work. Think about it. Like you're on an island in 1951, you, you just don't have material. You have to salvage. It's like, have you ever watched the? Uh, I watch that show, uh, Bering Sea Gold, all the time, where these underwater divers, these underwater salvage divers, they go and they dive and they dredge for gold on the floor of the Bering Sea. I haven't seen that, but I probably well, I I used to do dredging and I used to do underwater construction and. And it's a hard life. You're in uh, either hot water suits if you're under the ice uh, or you're in dry suits. It's just a hard life. But the simple fact is, is that you're out there in the middle of nowhere. And if your engine breaks down, you got to find a way to fix it. I don't care if you have to do a MacGyver with duct tape and some spring. You got to fix that and keep that going. And that's what I took that mentality into. That's what early Quint would have been like. You don't have everything. You can't just go to a Home Depot. You have to salvage from a graveyard cove. You have to almost go through the progression of, oh, the, the, of how, how do I hunt sharks? But how would I hunt sharks uh, in, in, uh, in 1953? Kent, is, is, are there any more books available? If people yes. wanted a book. Okay. Uh, at the crack bean coffee roastery, if everyone follows the link on any of the podcasts that I usually put on, you could probably put it on this, uh, this, the, the, yeah, the I'll, I'll, broadcast I'll... of this, um, at their merchandise page, Syracuse, New York coffee shop that, uh, Michelle has been very great. Um, she's helped me out with the distribution. So she's been, uh, selling those books on her site. There's also a display inside there if you're in Syracuse, New York. So we only have a handful left uh you better order it now because um that's it we only did 300 so we're gonna have to uh wait on these uh whoever the publisher is and then we're gonna have to get this uh wide released because there's a demand it's just that like you said i my biggest weakness was my social media i i was writing and doing the podcast and then still researching for the podcast which generates a lot of time and doing the writing so i ignored all social media because i was focused on the material so what happens now is that this is probably one of the best kept secrets in the jaws world in the movie world right now in the book world no one really knows about it and 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 that and it's on imdb pro yeah you know you can't you can't find it on imdb because it's in development 
that is exclusive to IMDb Pro, which all the film industry professionals use. I use. Um, it was a big and, surprise to me when I when uh, uh, Oleg from Ukraine, a, a Jaws fan out there who listens, he 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 sent me a message and said, "Did you see this? Did you see this?" And I, wow, look at that! Because IMDb means a lot to me because that was back in the early two thousands, and I remember when we got our. You got a guy doc. I got a documentary on IMDb, and it was just like, oh wow, this is great. And now it's like seeing the book of Quint there. I was just blown away. I was blown away. So that was a big surprise, a big uh, bonus. Made my day. Man, I'll tell you what. <laughs> We're pushing two hours, but I what have had that? a blast. It flies by, doesn't I'm it? I'm, I'm looking forward to reading pages. Right. Uh, uh, I'll get the sneak peek at the, uh, what you've got so far from the yeah. screenplay, but the fact that you've tackled it the way you have, and then obviously, you know, uh, uh, the William Pettit agency is hustling. Hustling is right. And I know how momentum is Sean. Yeah. That's why I'm doing this is I, that's why even the listeners jaws obsession, you'll see that there was no episode this week is because. I have the nose to the keyboard here. I'm getting the screenplay done before the end of the month and it, I will do it or I will be, they'll have to find me in my chair. Here. <laughs> no, 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 no. We want you to, we want you to make it to your 46th birthday. That's right. That's right. Um, but this screenplay is getting done this month. Well, I, I, mark my words. It's exciting. It's yeah. really, really, really exciting. I, I, I know this project is going to go, is going to be well received. Mm -hmm. uh, I can't wait. You know, because at some point, you know, eventually IP LLC is going to have to get down and dirty into this too. Yep. yep. Uh, uh, and I think they'll, they'll be welcoming because they've been welcoming with open arms the book itself. Mm -hmm. So I think the minute this thing has that kind of momentum and uh, inches closer and closer towards production, yeah. Um, that's at Hollywood's just going to be blown away. I think so. I think this could be the biggest, it's, it's going to be a shot. I believe the potential of this is going to have reverberations on the highest level, which is why I reference when I talk about it, I reference saving private Ryan deer hunter and the Godfather, because that's what we're dealing with here. The weight of what we're dealing with here is that big. And I need, uh, we're going to need all hands on deck, all jaws fans out there, watching or listening everyone's going to have to fall in and just say we we demand this and it will happen if the demand is there and if the noise is felt if the noise is heard and i want to thank you sean for allowing me to be on your show absolutely um, and if you want i i mean i know this is two hours uh but i i'll give you a copy of it if you yeah. want to run it as an episode on um the Jaws oh, obsession. So you, so you don't have to uh, crank out another one. You can just say, "Hey, this is." How about that? How Let's about this one? So yeah, I'll, you, I'll, so I'll you download me a vacation. that. You got me a vacation week. I'll just. Yeah, throw well, this I mean, in. you've got script to write. That's right. Um, we do. Uh, but uh, we're going to end here. But I, I'm right. going to I'm going to toast you. Here's to swimming with bold legged women. <laughs> Absolutely, Sean. Thank you very much. Thank you. And uh, we're going to go back into the, we'll go into the back of the studio right now, but to, to all, everyone that was in the comment section and everybody that dropped in and uh, did, did some super chats. Uh, thank you very much. Um, I appreciate, we appreciate all the support. Yep. And, uh, and Quint we'll Shark Etsy.com, Quint Shark and Shack, Etsy.com. Go to Jaws, uh, John Tedder. Got a lot of cool stuff there. And also uh, the Jaws Obsession. I'll put the Jaws links in the comment section. Jawsob.com.
and uh, we'll see you on the next one. Show me the way to go home. I'm tired and I want to go to bed. I had a little think about it all. And thank you very much for listening this week. I know it was a short episode and we had a replay of that interview. Remember to go to Quint Sharkenshack over at Etsy.com for the Nako Nolan's t-shirt. Also FMC built for the registration number off the Orca. Those are some great Etsy shops over there doing some great things. Thank you, Noel. Thank you, John. The movie Jaws is copyrighted property of Universal Studios. Any references and sampling from the movie Jaws in this episode is intended to fall within Section 107 of the Copyright Act. The copyrighted materials are fairly used for the purposes of criticism, comment, reporting, teaching, research. The materials used here are protected by the fair use guidelines of Section 107 of the Copyright Act. All rights reserved to the copyright owners. Thanks for listening. Once again, I want to wish everybody a happy St. Patrick's Day. Stay safe out there. Happy St. Patty's Day. Wonderful time. Wonderful time. It's, I'm going to get back to work here on the screenplay, the actual screenplay for the book of Quint, developing the novel into screen format. Exciting times are ahead. I assure you that. Thank you very much for listening this week. I hope to be back shortly. I understand that it's busy. We hope to be back shortly with a new episode next week. Until then, thank you for listening, for well and adieu, and please show me the way to go home. Bye, land, or see your